episode 253. My name is Andrew and I'm here in Cambridge at the 175th Foppish Dandy Invitational. The sparks and lace handkerchiefs are flying today and the crowd is simply buzzing in anticipation of the final qualifying round which is just about to commence. Many members of our audience have been heard to exclaim, Oh I say! And of course, well I never! One half of our qualifying showdown has taken the stage. Mullet done up in Gorgeous curls tied with the finest ribbon from Savile Row, we feast our eyes upon a darling little dandy wearing a tailored sailor's outfit and holding the biggest wowie pop you've ever seen. This young man's name, it's Ben. Ben, what most pleases you? I love lollipops. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's no wonder he's won the championship two years in a row. <laughs> But now, a murmur has come over the crowd as the dark horse of this year's competition comes into view. Many of the young dandies in the audience have fainted with excitement, requiring ambulance crews to remove their powdered wigs and waft smelling salts under their makeup-covered noses. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is he. Striding up the stairs of the stage in his gold-buckled shoes, frilly socks pulled tight to just below each knee, sporting a high-collared flared frock coat with low, tightly-cinched waist and a rounded chest that gives him an hourglass figure inspired by Prince Albert. He also sports incredibly tight trousers which perfectly outline the shape of his completely hairless penis. His hair is worn long, parted perfectly down the middle with a moustache that can only be described as snidely whiplash in a homemade porno. It is of course none other than legendary truck driving mime and incredible stand-up comedian, now performing on tour in support of his show Javelin, Tom Walker! Hello Tom. Hello Andrew. Oh. <laughs> it was, it's, it's, enti- it's intoxicating watching a man read out something he wrote and then got horny halfway through. <laughs> You can see the moment of tumescence there, and it comes uh-huh. around the moment you remember that you get to destri- you'll get to describe pants, because <laughs> you really put your entire fucking back into it. Because we started off with like a lollipop and yep. you know some adorable things, and then I don't know, just <laughs> oh, we started off with normal stuff. Big boy with his woey pop. Yeah, I feel like you. Um... Well, Ben had his podcasting lollipop, so I can understand where yep. the woey pop came from. I feel like Tom got a more sexually charged one than I did. Which... I'm not. I'm not going to get sexually charged about the the guys dressed up like a little sailor with a wally pop, am I? Okay. All right. That's his mm. fair. And now Ben's the strange one. Yep. Oh, Sexualize me. Sexualize me. <laughs> He's begging. Aren't I fuckable? I'm a little boy. <laughs> Welcome to Buena Vista, Australian leftist political podcast. Tom, we've brought you here today for a very specific purpose. Uh-huh. Um, and I didn't forewarn you about this. Uh, I have sprung this upon you, and I'm not um, asking you to pay money that you owe me uh, for a holiday that we've booked together, because that would be an insane reason to get someone on a podcast for. Okay, so that is a reference to the Free to a Good Home episode, where that is what Hing did. Yeah, and that's a great opening 10 minutes of a podcast of a man narrating using his online banking to pay another man on a podcast. It's absolute psycho. <laughs> um, I brought you on because uh, it has been uh, a year to the week uh, since the great podcast heist. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, to new listeners of this podcast, which I don't actually think we have any. No. Um, and I, I don't think we've had any for a long time. But just in case uh, someone's showing this to someone else and they, there's the yeah. potential for someone's inadvertently becoming a new listener. You know? If we're in something of a frank situation, um, uh, a, a year ago, Tom paid me 100 Australian dollars uh, to, <laughs> to give to him and Demi on the podcast, BigSoftTitty.png, uh, an episode of the podcast, Buntavist. Now, this meant... Copying and pasting the notes from our Word document, sorry, our Google Docs document, into a different Google Docs document, um, and then trying to uh, explain to a completely different audience what the dumb bullshit that we would have done in an episode was. Uh, mm. Now, I just wanted to sort of check in and see, you know, there's no reprisals. We're not here to punish you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not here to, you know, ask you to atone for any of your sins here 
Well, that's good, because I tried to think of things I could offer, and the only thing I could offer immediately was I brought up reddit.com slash r slash autofellatio. Mm. <laughs> As I was like, this is the only thing I can think of to offer you is... Well, I, I have been thinking about I was going to try and do the reverse, uh, and there were, there were two obstacles. We've got um, nothing to steal. Yeah, one is the unstructured, freeform, improvisational nature of your podcast, because uh, you're both trained improv comedians. Uh, oh, I have he, to say, Demi's not a trained improv comedian, which I which is a compliment. Yes, to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good on her for that. <laughs> to defend my the love of my life. Uh, and the the other reason I didn't is that I I couldn't justify spending a hundred dollars on that. Um, but I'm glad that you could. Uh, but I just wanted to see if you you know you'd had some time to reflect on your actions, um, whether you were starting to feel remorse. So this guy's linked to a Pornhub video with the title, Been Sucking Myself for Years. Today was the first time that I had a piano serenade. And so this is selfsucker underscore 77. And he's, oh, I've just skipped to 51 seconds into the Pornhub video and he's slapping his dick on his own tongue. Yeah. Just kind of really slapping it around. That's kind of a porn move, not like a thing. All right, yeah, okay. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, it seems like about three minutes in, you have just some soft piano in the background. So it's kind of a classier vibe than your regular guy right. contorted into a pretzel to, to pleasure himself. It's so nice when he to, said, It's nice to seduce yourself sometimes, you know? Yeah, put on the bubble bath. When yeah. he said piano serenade, he's not being serenaded by someone playing the piano. He's just playing a, a piano song, like a recording of it. Yeah. I mean, right. it would be incredible if he was actually playing the piano while, it, like, that little piano stool would be, but what, having a banner day. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best possible day in a piano stool's life. Yes. Oh, boy. Okay, so what, 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 do, you, what, do, you, what do you want? <laughs> I just want to know whether you're sorry. I, I'm not asking for an apology. I just want to know, you know, how do you feel? Why, why would you be asking for an apology? I paid you $100. You're what? the person who was morally compromised here. Well, no, I'm just, you know, I'm following the financial incentives and I'm acting as a guy that really wanted to buy some records. And I spent that money on some records and great, you managed to exploit my needs. Yeah, what was the record? Wingiest little baby? Oh. Because mm. now you're coming <laughs> to me. Was it? <laughs> Look, this, no. doesn't, this doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. So we're, I, I wanted to bring up something that we're actually very close to the one year anniversary of uh, Ben selling an episode of our podcast for $100 and not giving me uh, a red cent of that money. I don't, I don't I'm just wondering if maybe you've, maybe you've invested my $25. Uh, did you put it into crypto and you're waiting for it to kick back up or something? Haven't really heard notes? a lot about where my cut of the hundred dollars went. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Sorry, um, yeah. Andrew has a family to support, mm. and you have a record player, <laughs> so it seems like it should go a bigger cut should go to old Andrew over there. Yeah, yep. Well, I wrote the notes, so it seems like I'm. I, I don't know why you're trying to flip this situation around, and I also don't know why Andrew, the man who was stolen from, is in cahoots with you, the thief. It kind of seems like both of you stole something from me. No, yeah, we both. I don't know why I'm being blamed here. This is ridiculous. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that. Oh. No one said anything. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that it's been a year since. You mentioned that. The theft. The first. Uh, and then well, he said it. That's a great segue, Tom. Good point. Um, I'm going to start because... saying it's funny that I mentioned that. It's funny that I said that. <laughs> I'm actually building off of something I said. That should be my reaction to the entire podcast. It's funny that I said that and that my friends that I do a podcast with said that as well. And hopefully the whole thing is funny. Well, since it's a year to the week since uh, that episode was stolen, it's also, uh, it means that it's the time again for one of the stories that we covered uh, in that stolen episode, except now Andrew gets to be here because this isn't stolen. This is just regular style. Oh. Uh, it's time, of course... For Dutch Watch. <laughs> hey everybody, I'm from Holland. Isn't that beer? So this is a story from the NL Times. Uh, I was actually not getting entirely satisfactory reporting from uh, our, our usual source, Dutch News. Oh. NL. Season's first barrel of herring sold in charity auction for 113,500 euro. <laughs> what a sickness these people have. Mm, I mean, it's... 
like obviously this is for charity. Great. You can only criticize it so much. Mamma Mia, that's an expensive barrel of herring. What's the charity like distributing uh, the tins of shoe polish to poor children or? Uh, I mean, it's an ambulance service. Oh, that's all right, I guess. So. <laughs> Do they actually, attend I'm gonna... to blackface accidents or? <laughs> no, they're putting blackface on people that happen in accidents to make them feel better. Laughter is the real best medicine. I just had a sudden image of like, um, of like people, people uh, in traffic and like uh, on public transport in the Netherlands being like, uh, I just think it's so trashy when you see someone putting on their blackface on the tram, you know, <laughs> like do it at home before you leave the house. There's been a 17 bicycle pileup because somebody was putting on their polish and they weren't just looking at their hand mirror. Oh. Don't know how they sound. No, I love that. That's pretty that's good. A, you've I taken a different tack with it. I really... Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, Andrew, I might get you to read this story just because uh, your Dutch accent is, I'm not going to say better, because none of ours are accurate in any way, shape, or form. No, uh, no. I have the most fun with it, though. Yeah, I think I that's think. true. I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's not that you're doing a Dutch accent. You're doing the voices. Like yes. you're reading a, a children's book. A little teleplay. Uh, the first keg of herring sold this season raised 113,500 euros on Tuesday, a record sum. A spokesperson for the Netherlands Visbureau reported that the new record uh, reported the new record shortly after the auction. Proceeds go to the non-profit organization Stichting Ambulance Wens. <laughs> a mega amount which has never happened before. Really special, no. said the spokesperson for the Visbureau the public relations and marketing firm for the Dutch fishing industry. The barrel was bought by the Association of Dutch Fish Specialists. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. The new herring will go on sale at most fishmongers in the <laughs> Netherlands from Wednesday. How big was this barrel? I think they just mean the new be- this season's herring in general. But also, most oh. is wild. Like, there's just a couple that are like, ah. Mm. No, who needs We're it? We're making do with last year's herring. It's coming back <laughs> into fashion. I mean, I guess that is how fermenting works, isn't it? Yeah. They probably yeah, I, like that. I guess. This stuff Ours is super the stinkiest. Pickled. What did he say? It was It was mega? Yeah. A mega That's amount. So it was a mega amount. That's <laughs> yeah. so funny that all the Europeans, even Europeans in authority, are, are still Europeans. It's so European to find some weird way to say that it's heap. Yeah. He- but just like... At all levels of power, they were all just speaking like Europeans do. So they're all just kind of like bopping back and forth to some Eurobeat and then just being like, yeah, it's super to advance the troops onto an uh, an homestead or whatever. Our GDP this year was very super. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I swear that was my favorite thing about going to Germany was people going, yeah, super, super. I couldn't stop saying it for, I don't know, two months afterwards. Super. About fucking everything. No matter mm. how super it was or was not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, The first barrel of Holland's new herring was sold in a, scare quotes, normal <laughs> auction again this year. No need to wonder. No need to ask. Don't ask us what people looked like while they attended. It yep. was perfectly fine. It was very No regular. one was nude or in BDSM gear or in blackface. <laughs> yep. Don't look man, into it. Man sells herring, normal style. Yep. Ah, just another. This is this is definitely the English language version of this. Everything's fine in the Netherlands. Don't look over here. We're just doing things the regular way. Breaking news: Nothing weird at herring auction. <laughs> that newspaper is slapped on your desk with a wet fin. In recent years. Uh, the normal auction was not possible because of the coronavirus restrictions, but this year it was possible again. With the auction held at the Fish Auction House in Scheveningen, the mm-hmm. Visbureau marks the catch of the first herring of the year, called the Holland's New. Before the coronavirus pandemic broke out, it was already the intention that the proceeds would go to the Stichting Ambulance Wins. Volunteers from the foundation fulfilled the last wishes of terminal patients who depend on ambulance transport. That's not very funny. No. Well, yeah. Hmm. What's something funny about that? Hmm. Blackface? We could go back. Maybe they shouldn't have. 
Maybe they shouldn't. Hmm. Yeah. I remember. I remember it being a non-profit organization. Mm-hmm. Just make a better organization. Turn a profit. Here we go. <laughs> it's called business, honey. Tighten those up. margins. Uh, quote. The great thing is there was no auction for two years because of coronavirus. So third time's a charm, also for charity. <laughs> what kind of sentence is that? That's true. <laughs> that is the great thing. I'm glad that coronavirus meant there was no auction also. <laughs> we were going for a new ambulance and eventually also for a stretcher. <laughs> so wow. the stretcher was their stretch goal. That's interesting. Our goal was to just to get a new ambulance to hit people with, but now we can put them in it. Yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a chicken and egg kind of deal because it's like if you if you just get the ambulance, you got no way of getting yeah. people into it. But if you only buy the stretcher, it's like you pick them up and then now what? You know, yeah, you're just <laughs> firemen's carrying people with spinal injuries into your ambulance. Whereas, yeah, back before then, you they, you were just backing the, your ambulance over people and hoping for the best. I don't know, maybe they'll. Maybe they'll bend at the waist. They might clip through. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> the cost is 15,000 euros and a few liters of fuel as a bonus. That's probably where the other bloody 100,000 euros went, you know? Petrol prices yeah, being the what they are these are, days. They're really expensive. For real, yeah. They're high. Yeah. They're high. Yeah. yeah. You know? And that's not funny. And Tom, when you're filling up your car, you probably notice that all the time. I have a car. Yeah. <laughs> What? What? I ride a bicycle. I ride a bicycle. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. Got you him. got me. I got his ass. This sucks. <laughs> oh, I wish I had a. I'm. This is okay. But this does feel bad now that I am, in fact, sitting at my wheel. Uh, yeah, it's visible. I'm sitting at my little video game wheel. Yeah, but you've never been slugged at the Bowser in real life. You wouldn't even know what it feels like. As a gamer, slugging the Bowser has an entirely different meaning for me. <laughs> Christ. Something to look forward to rather than something to punctuate an already terrible day. For the listener, Tom was so happy with what he just said that he put on a hat to celebrate. <laughs> I was putting on the hat because I saw my reflection. <laughs> and I wanted a hat. Oh, boy. Look great. That's a nice hat. In 2020, the herring was symbolically offered to healthcare staff. <laughs> hey, don't actually take this. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, just so you know, we're kidding. Don't. <laughs> you can have this. Wink. <laughs> oh, boy. They really just, they really think herring can just fix everything up over there, huh? Well, when all you've got is herring, mm. everything looks like a place to put some herring. Yeah. I guess. The current Minister of Health, Welfare and Sport, Ernst Quippers. <laughs> accepted the barrel when he was the chair of the National Network of Acute Care Providers. He was joined by Diederik Gommers, who was the chair of the Dutch Association for Intensive Care. The herring was delivered to a number of hospitals. Oh, Wait, so wasn't... Funny. Oh, okay. One, one that loose, doesn't sound like... One loose fish for each hospital. <laughs> oh, come on, little Johan. The clown herring is here. <laughs> the herring doctor. But... Their version of Patch Adams is just a guy <laughs> giving a pickled fish to every child. They're like, this guy is a miracle worker. Grimly handing out the fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You are going to die. Here is a fish. <laughs> <laughs> you are already dust. You just don't know it yet. Plap. The nurse is like, he's not even paid to do this. He just comes here. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy the taste of the fish while you can. It is as dead as you. Last year, the first barrel was also symbolically offered to GGD staff, who were then busy vaccinating people against COVID-19. <laughs> Getting offered a whole barrel of fish and be like, you know we can't. Oh, you can't. Oh, you can't come over? Uh, yeah, you're doing the back and forth. No, 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 no. Take some with you. Oh, I couldn't. I absolutely couldn't. All right. The guys with the barrel, barrel of fish doing the equivalent of when you are sitting on the couch and you're like, can I do anything? When you know full well that all mm. the work has just just been finished. Oh my god, the worst thing that could happen to me was somebody like, oh yeah, actually, do you, if you just hop up and do the dishes real quick, please don't. Mm. I'm sitting down, I'm full of food. Yeah. Don't make me do that. Also, were they saying that this the ambulances fill the last wishes of like the dying people? Yes. Are they last wishes like, I wish I could hear something go ooh, ooh. <laughs> I think it might be transporting them to like the place where 
like they get to do their oh, lives. Oh, I want to be on a highway. Do you think I, I want to am, be on a highway? I want to be loud. <laughs> I'm so impressed by your dedication to continuing to attempt to roast the charity that grants wishes <laughs> to dying people in hospitals. <laughs> I'm just saying. This. Do you think there are? Do, do you think these ambulances are taking all of these people to see Dutch John Cena? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's a fun character. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now, what edits would I make to John Cena to keep him identifiable as John Cena? But Dutch. Hmm, well, for yeah. a start, I'm putting a bunch more vowels in there. I'll tell you mm. that much for free. Jo- Johan Cena. Yep, done. Easy. You can't. Yeah. She- you can't see me. Uh, he bicycles into the ring. <laughs> that would be a really good bit. Yeah, <laughs> that would be that would be such a good bit. Being the like YouTube guy who makes videos about how how a bicycle focused city is a better thing to have, and extending that principle to wrestling. Yes, I yeah. think just, uh, just generally, I'd like to see John Cena on a bicycle. He's a large man. All right, here we go. With all these guys, it is very funny to imagine them going about their business. I was trying to figure out something. I, I think it's going to be so weird when Kumail Nanjiani starts doing stand-up comedy again. Because <laughs> I really love, like, I'm a huge fan of him, but I, w- I couldn't shake this feeling of, like, seeing Kumail Nanjiani on stage and him being like, oh, I was uh, walking down the street the other day, and me just being like, no, you weren't. You weren't, yeah. We no, would have heard. <laughs> you're so, you're so, you would have been in the news. World's widest man takes to the road. <laughs> He's was- so big now. Yeah. That, that's been a strange arc for him, hasn't it? To, to mm. go like, oh, I'm going to secretly become absolutely gigantic for a Marvel movie mm. uh, and for everyone to go, huh, as a result. Do you yeah. reckon like it was a monkey's paw situation for him or if he's like so high on becoming like Hollywood hot that the, the backlash doesn't bother him? I think, oh, the backlash I think he... absolutely bothers him. Hmm. I think he was like he 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 was a big MCU like fan I think or maybe yeah. not but I don't I know he was always a big nerd. Yes. Mm. He's made that his whole brand like his whole fucking thing of like hey I'm like a comedian but I still play video games and uh now I'm on a secret Disney steroid routine isn't this cool and everyone's yeah. like oh man are you all right? <laughs> now <laughs> I am be- I have a big tube put in me every night and I get yeah. pumped full <laughs> until a button bursts off of my nose or whatever the fuck. He is they're, oh. they're, they're shooting me up with the fluid from the, the tank they're preserving Walt Disney's head in. You know? Yeah. But uh, I, taking the taking just a picture of a bionicle in as my goal body. <laughs> oh, I, I, th- I think it would just be very disappointing to put what I have no doubt, like steroids, steroids or no steroids. I'm sure an absolutely monstrous amount of effort went into doing that to himself. Oh, yeah. Um. And then to do all of that for, like, the first... Prob- was it the first MCU movie that was met with a big collective I don't care about this by by audiences? It seemed Look, like everyone, it was the start of that. Yeah, I've ruined my life for Kingo. For Kingo. <laughs> fucking goddamn, I forgot about the names of the fucking characters in that movie. But then, yeah. he's, now he's, then he's, like, done interviews about, um, about being like, ah, oh, now I have giant guy body dysmorphia. Where I'm like, yeah, oh, it doesn't. Is this me? You know, like it, it never d- helps. Like you're never going to feel, and and this is a sad truth. I think about uh, nearly everyone alive. You're never going to feel good about your body. No, you're not. And it's 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 on like on balance. I think it's easier to just be like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say I'm ugly, and that's fine. Because the the feeling of convincing yourself in the moment that you're beautiful. I I don't know how you get that. I, I maybe there are people for whom that is possible. I think maybe the process of working on yourself can feel very nice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like actively, like you know, exercising whatever it is that you feel that you want to do to get to a certain goal. That feels good. I think he got to like the plateau, got up there, and was just like, "Fuck, yeah." Still don't That's, like myself. All what the all the fitness guys who are like you know sub. You know, single digits body fat are always uh, the, the the honest ones, at least, are always like, "Hey, just so you know, this sucks shit." 
I, I, oh, my yeah. tailbone hurts when I sit down, and I'm, I've got low energy all the time. If I bang my elbow, I don't bang fat. I bang like my elbow. Oh, you know, I, if I bang any part of my body, it's like me banging my knee or elbow. I should say because those are not particularly protected, but like they're just you're living life shrink wrapped in your own body. Yeah, and you yeah, know and that those people be like, hey, I just got a, a medium chips from McDonald's, uh, and now I think I I hate myself more than I ever have. You know, mm. like that's so. Ugh, it's like a micromanaged life. So 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 last night, me and my wife were discussing the potential of as a couple mm. doing like a like a Mac from It's Always Sunny as a bit, and saying like, what if we took six or 12 months to just try and get like really ripped or whatever you know um, right so not the other mac from always sunny bit which is what if you both tried to put on a lot of weight and then surprised everyone with it yeah no um i think we're at an age now where we can do that without trying that hard you know um yeah. but yeah i was saying that, that that was appealing to me partly because you could say all right i'm gonna take like six months or 12 months and try and do this thing right that's that's something where I can say that's a foreseeable span of time. Part of the reason that I, I'm not into the gym lifestyle personally is because it's just endless. Mm, it's God. it's just it's just you have to be devoted to it. And in service of your devotion to that, you have to become like incredibly sort of inward looking. No. Um, it, it means that all of <laughs> yeah, it means that like all of your all of your thoughts and your all of your consumption of everything every day is all driven around achieving this particular thing. Um, you know, everything's just about, I'm thinking about what I'm going to be doing next time I'm at the gym. I'm meal prepping when I'm not at the gym for the food that I'm going to eat to assist me in going to the gym. And then as a result of that, whenever you talk to anybody, the only thing you have to talk about is your gym stuff, which is inherently not as interesting to anyone who is not currently occupying your body. Yeah, uh, just the whole thing. It's just that that really, the endless nature of it, where it's like I understand that there are people where it just it presses all the buttons for them, you know, tickles tickles their brain just right to go to the gym and plan that stuff and all that kind of thing. But something very uh very bleak and depressing to me about it in that Rich Piana sort of way. <laughs> oh man, I think I about Rich Piana all the time. Oh man, yeah, all those dudes who are just like, oh no, this is an incredibly impractical way to live. You yeah. Know? I've kingoed myself. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when that happens. And that seems uh, to be Kamal's life now. And like, yeah, because you can't let it drop. You're no. just that size. Because oh god, because presumably now his like jobs depend on it, but also what jobs is he getting? Because he's kind of in that you know when the Rock gets hired for just a regular guy role, and you're like, well, why isn't everyone in this movie constantly saying, hey, you're mm. ah, yeah. how many grams of protein are you eating, my dude? Are you yeah. absolutely certain that you're a geography teacher? Because you look like you could lift a small car. You yeah. look like five geography teachers. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we've we've been watching uh we've been watching the high school musical movies with our kids, right? Oof. Um and it's it's funny watching like Zac Efron in the first one and then in the second one he's like got his shirt off and he's and he's looking he's looking toned, he's looking like he's getting famous and he started going to the gym. And I was saying to uh to Elder I was like have you seen what he looked like in the Baywatch movie that he was in? Insane. With The Rock. Uh, ben, please Google Zac Efron Baywatch. And yes. I showed her this picture and her immediate reaction to it was, God, I bet it sucked to do that. Mm. Like, Crash I life. I bet that was fucking... Br Don't get me wrong. He, he looks like an absolute beast. Looks insane. But when you think about the, the level of like assisted effort that you would be going to just for the duration of the film shoot mm. you know he not even to just synthetic. look like that all the time it's insane isn't it also the picture that i've clicked on is from the website greatest physiques okay. oh my god <laughs> that's upsetting terrible so uh herring yeah you know, oh yeah the fi fish we've got another article here as well as a follow-up to this one this one is from dutchnews.nl uh, this Funny is charities. Oh, no. Okay, the, it's not. 
The funny charity list? No, there is another charity in this one. I'll see whether you can get any comedy out of this one. Uh, This year's herring is nice and fat, but a little more pricey. The Dutch herring season starts next Wednesday, and this year's catch is described as extremely creamy and easy to skin due to its very high percentage of fat. News website nu.nl said on Friday. Don't call fish creamy. Uh, no, no, that's a horrible combination of words. Oh, actually, sorry, I, uh, I realized the, uh, the other charity I was talking about was the last paragraph of the last article, which we didn't get to, which was, uh, Tom, now you can, while I'm saying this, you can start thinking of your sort of riffs or jokes that you do because you're a professional comedian. Okay. Uh, in 2019, the first barrel of Holland's new brought in mm-hmm. 95,000 euros. That cake was bought by wholesaler Macro and the proceeds went to the Marg Ik Dan Bijou Foundation, which assists families when a child is diagnosed with cancer. Hmm. Um. Hmm. And I can edit these silences out, so you take as long as you want. Maybe. Uh. <laughs> It'd be a good bit to edit in twice as much silence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they released a four-hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> what a pregnant pauses in um, this one. Um, how would you support it? Mm. Yeah. Maybe. Mm, <laughs> maybe you could get the dad a new hat. That'd be nice. Maybe that'd be. A, <laughs> uh, hey, how'd you get that hat? Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about. I want to get into it. I am enjoying having it though. It's very supportive. <laughs> I would give anything not to have this hat. <laughs> He's wearing a new era snapback with the sticker still on. (laughs) I don't want to bend the brim. It's so precious to me. In addition, the fish are likely to be more expensive than in recent years because of higher transport, energy, personnel, and packaging costs, NU.NL said. The young herring can only be given the Hollandse New moniker up to the end of August and must have a fat percentage of at least 16%. This year's supply is around 22% fat, NU.NL said. Shopkeepers who decide to sell the fish before the official start date face fines running into thousands of euros. The Dutch eat between 35 and 40 million herring a year. So you can break the street date on the fish? You can. It's like an EB Games gone rogue. I was just thinking EB Games, yes. <laughs> Which is probably somewhere that sells the fish in the Netherlands. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I don't understand the... This might just be, a, a, I guess, a cultural thing, but I don't understand the practical reason for withholding the date of selling fish. I would like to sell that fish at its freshest. Hmm personally, because of my understanding of how fish works. Yeah, fish is usually best when it's straight out of there. Yeah, straight out of the fish is the best time to have fish. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh. Hi, everybody. It's me. It's Theo. Now, I guarantee you I'm more afraid of recording this promo than you are of listening to it, so hear me out. If you haven't already, maybe check out our Patreon. It's a great way to support the show, and it gives us the ability to actually dedicate time to this thing. You'll get all of our bonus episodes, that's over 300 extra episodes in total, and we'll set up a feed over there with none of these promos, so you won't have to hear this ever again. You'll also get access to our Discord, uh, which honestly has turned into a a nice and funny place full of mostly normal people to hang out with. So that's patreon.com slash buntavista. Check it out. Fish. Mm Kind of similar to frogs. I've often said that they are cousin to the frog. It's time, of course, for Omen's Importance. You shall see hail fall from a clear sky. Uh, you're on your own with it. I can't, I'm, stu- I'm stuck. You shall see darkness cover Egypt when the sun climbs high to noon. And you shall know that God is God. Bow down to his will. Andrew leaving the room after the podcast, his wife, did you say it again? <laughs> I'm always saying this. Oh. I wish you'd stop. 
One of my kids giving my eulogy, you know, <laughs> 50 years from now. I remember. If there's one thing was that was well me. known for. <clears throat> oh, goddamn. Uh, oh. Th- this is a story sent <clears throat> into us by listener <laughs> Communist Hamster. Now, um, as uh, listeners, regular listeners to the show might know, I'm vaguely hostile to listener submissions uh, due to my own neuroses. Mm-hmm. Um, Communist Hamster has managed to get through uh, the strict requirements I have for what constitutes a story I would like to read on this show. I describe times. it as a gauntlet. Mm. It is a gauntlet. Communist mm. Hamster has managed to run it uh, two times, which I think is actually a, a record. So far, but they also have done this by attaching the stupidest name possible to it. Um, so well done to Communist Hamster. Hmm. This is a story from The Guardian. Mass frog burial baffles experts at Iron Age site near Cambridge. Hmm. Archaeologists working near the site of an Iron Age home near Cambridge were perplexed when they uncovered a vast trove of frog skeletons. Quite why more than 8,000 bones had been piled up and preserved is a prehistoric mystery. They were all recovered from a single 14-metre-long ditch right next to the site of an Iron Age roundhouse at Bar Hill, where there was a settlement during the Middle and Late Iron Age uh, between 400 BC and 43 AD. This discovery was made by the Museum of London Archaeology Headland Infrastructure, conducting excavations as part of the National Highway's A14 Cambridge to Huntington Road Improvement Scheme. Although it is not unusual to find frog bones at ancient sites, archaeologists are baffled by the sheer quantity of those unearthed Bar Hill. Now, see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe take issue with this and say, let's, let's run the numbers and try and figure out if they're really overstating the issue here. Because they say mass frog burial, right? Yeah. And they say... Vast trove of frog skeletons, more than 8,000 bones. But let's ask ourselves, how many bones does a frog have? Right. Mm. The very that could first just be go- one very full frog. Now, let's just go around the three of us mm-hmm. uh, and say how many bones we think a frog has. Well, I've, I've already done my research, so. I think like 15. I'm going to say 75. Okay. And just so we know, it's uh, closest without going over. <laughs> that seems fair. Uh, according to cadaddle.com mm. in their frog skeleton must know facts page, uh, <laughs> frogs and toads have many bones in their bodies. Frogs in total have 24 main bone structures made up of a total of 50 bones. Oh, yes! Yeah. I, I regret going over the total. That is a shame. So, you know, that really what they're saying to us there is that they found over 160 frogs. And <laughs> wow, that's, you really did crunch those numbers. And that's not, that's not as, <clears throat> like, when you say 8,000, it makes it sound like a lot more frogs. You Do know? you think this was an error, an error on the Guardian's part, or they really are just hyping up how many frogs there were? I think, well, look, if, if somebody said to them, oh, we found 160 frog skeletons... Be like, yeah, pretty cool. But also, if those are all just right legs, that could mean there's as many as 320 frogs. Well, Tom, I'm so glad Mm -hmm. you said that number. Why? Because you're very close to the actual number. (gasps) Uh, This is from the BBC. The bones found in a ditch near the side of an Iron Age roundhouse at Bar Hill near Cambridge are the remains of about 350 amphibians. (gasps) Wow. You were... Oh, you're good. Also... I'm now annoyed at the Guardian. They really <laughs> massively overstated. I mean, like three hundred frogs. Obviously, that's still like a fair amount of frogs. But I was picturing eight thousand frogs. I was misled by this article, Andrew. That's you really saw through the mainstream media's bullshit on this one. Damn, got him. Mm. Request more frog skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> I need at least uh twelve. Nope. Uh. 24 times as many frogs. That, that would right? be a sight to see. You're right, Ben. Yeah. I guess if I saw 350 frogs, I'd still be pretty impressed, I guess. That would be a lot. If I was there in real life, and I, but, but if I'm reading a story about it, I need it to be four figures of frog skeletons. Yeah, minimum. Right? 
He just really tried to sneak off. Mm. Yeah, Andrew just hit us with the little pink panther sneak away from the microphone. Yeah. He was he picking looked... up his knees like he thought... He was tiptoeing. He was trying not to be heard. And now he's, he's doing back. it again with the door. As Slowly if he closing. expects us to have been continuing without him this entire time. Huh? Welcome back, Andrew. What did you have to do just then? I had to uh, go and go and get a credit card. <laughs> <laughs> because we're on the free meeting in Google Meets? Well, it's the get ready to edit this shit out, Ben. Um, yeah, sure. No, because we've had the fucking... Uh, oh, Frogs. that's right. I Frogs. was reading this. Uh, honestly, I'm a little disappointed now. Uh, I really thought this was more frogs. Uh, communist hamster, you have misled me for the last time. Oh, Tom, it's what the, the first fuck time. are you doing? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? You are posting in the, I think maybe the Google Meet chat. Uh, you <laughs> one minute ago said hello. Uh, yeah. Immediately afterwards, you said what's up. You've then said what's up in all caps. You've Right, now Andrew's posting. What's up? Right. Yeah, to be precise, I am posting. What's up? <laughs> I'm glad now you Now can we get one from Ben? Having a good time. No, I'm not. I'm here to podcast. I'm here to be professional. This show isn't meant to be fun for anyone. No, especially not the listener. <laughs> Dr. Vicky Ewans, Moller's senior... Uh, sorry, Moller's senior archaeozoologist, a specialist in ancient animal bones... Ooh. Told the Observer, in my experience, mainly working on sites from London, we don't get that many frogs. <laughs> told the Observer, <laughs> to have so many bones coming from one ditch is extraordinary. Noting that these bones belong primarily to the common frog and common toad, species found in garden ponds across the country, she said, quote, we've also had possible evidence of pool frog, which is exciting. Hmm. It's not something that we usually find archaeologically. It's funny to say that many bones coming from one ditch is extraordinary because it implies that you spend a lot of your time crawling around in ditches and only finding one or two dead frogs, you know? Yeah. But finally, <laughs> just, the mother load. Just, just a, a regular, regular day. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. The regulation <laughs> amount of frogs again. When oh when, when oh, I hit the big leagues. Hit the mother load. Hmm. As this is prehistory, finding an explanation is difficult. Huh. Although ancient civilizations... <laughs> Even if it's in history, do you think people are going to be like, Hey, Teddy, you should write down your crazy frog night mm. somewhere so everyone can find it. It's just like a stone tablet with like, Oh, by the way, I dumped 350 frogs here, future historians. Oh, hey, uh, for those of you who find this, this is not a place of honor. <laughs> nothing, nothing important or sacred is buried here. No great deeds are esteemed here. I am a creepy guy. If you ever find yourself burying something odd or throwing away uh, a collection of objects that are inexplicable together, good practice uh, is to carve into a stone tablet a series of uh, easy-to-understand pictograms explaining your motives. I think that's just nice. That's a nice thing you can do for the future robot historians uh, from yeah. the end of the movie AI artificial intelligence what if it and was a just a project what if it was just a uh, pictogram of like a, a ditch with lots of frogs in the bottom and they all had X's for eyes and then up the top yep. there's a stick figure and has a big smile yeah. <laughs> big two thumbs up on the stick figure yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it seems this made him feel good <laughs> he loved it he loved <laughs> all those frogs damn you know what I might give this a try. See if it puts a smile on my dial. It appears to have been of a near-religious significance to this character. <laughs> New craze, sweeping nation. <laughs> you guys want to do a frog ditch after work? <laughs> Did I ever tell you guys about my friend? I, I had a friend who was from the country, and he always talked very fondly of it. But then he was like, oh, yeah, except one day, you know, my cousins came over to cull the ruse on the property. Uh, Red Thursday. <laughs> was it? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, I just went a bit far. I remember there was one point where I was like, I don't know that we're doing this for the right reasons anymore. We were driving around in a ute and my cousin just like got up out of the window and just punched a roux in the face <laughs> while he was driving. Oh, oh, no. I was driving. Yeah, we do things a little bit differently out in the country. <laughs> 
Yeah, worse. <laughs> oh, God. Imagine the damage bonus you would get from punching a kangaroo while you're traveling at high speed, though. You're getting such a combo multiplier. It carries you out for the rest of the day. Oh, that's so, like, that's The kangaroo is just like, huh? Yeah, no idea. Well, I just learned what a car is, and now I've <laughs> learned a few other things. I know to stay away from them in future. Hmm. We were doing another, uh, we were driving interstate on the weekend, and it always makes me uh, say to myself, how do we have any wombats left? Uh, yeah. What with the number of them with all of their feet pointing upwards on the side of the road? Well, that's a sign of a healthy population, lots of dead ones, because that means that oh. there's, they're around to be hit. That's what, I've, that's what I've been told. For how long is that a sign of a healthy population? <laughs> um... Yeah, I guess there's probably a point where it just means that they're really attracted to roads and you're just hitting all of them. <clears throat> Try and strike a balance there. Ancient civilizations, <clears throat> including the Egyptians, Mesopotamians, Greeks and Romans, all saw the frog as a symbol of fertility, among other associations. And I shan't be telling you what those are. Okay. It is unlikely that these amphibians, amphibians had been eaten by the people living at the settlement. The archaeologists say that while there is evidence of amphibian consumption in Britain dating to the Stone Age, these bones have no cuts or burn marks. If the frogs had been boiled, however, this may not have left traces. Big so, cauldron you need for that. If or you have to murder a frog and you don't want to leave any evidence for archaeologists, boil it alive. Hmm. Or dead. I guess just boil it. What I'm what I am hearing here is um it is a mystery how these frogs ended up in this ditch or what they were used for. There's only one thing they could have been used for, which is cooked in the least appetizing way in Britain. And yes. so I'm hearing what they were used for immediately. English food. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that does check out. Oh, And they probably have like a cute name for it, for like yeah. boiled frog. Mm. Uh, they probably call it um, cozy nubbins. Yes. Yeah. Other potential explanations include, quote, a prehistoric frog, frog tragedy. The archaeologists say that frogs are known to move in large numbers in spring in search of breeding waters and that these could have fallen into the ditch and become trapped. According to one hypothesis, the unusual death toll might have also been caused by winter hardship. <clears throat> While hibernating, frogs sometimes hide in the mud. Extreme cold can kill them and perhaps they fell victim to a particularly severe winter. Alternatively, they may have suffered disease, just as in the 1980s, when UK frogs were devastated by a ranavirus. It is unclear how deep the ditch was. That's the end. <laughs> <laughs> I guess okay. we'll never know. We'll never know how deep that ditch was. Yeah, this is kind of a bittersweet one where it's... The the obviously the suspense is of being told I'll I'll never know why the frogs are there but happily I don't think I care and I'm happy with the explanations we have which are probably they were boiled or there was a frog fucking ditch that was yeah. fun for the first three days and then they were like uh oh you know kind of like a cabin fever the film situation hmm. haven't seen it. Hey, uh, Tom, okay. I, I learned about a traditional Scottish food recently called um, stovies. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've just sent you a little picture. Oh, you've sent me yeah. It's And it's... Boy, it looks great. What is this? What is this? So, from from what I can figure out, it's when you have, like, your, your leftover, like, boiled or roast potatoes, and you've got some leftover beef from your, like, roast beef... Uh -huh. and, then, and then you kind of cook them up into a a dog food looking kind of scenario. Hmm. I would eat this. This is the kind of sad bachelor chow that I would eat. Hmm. Homogenous bachelor chow. Although it does sound very filling, which is appealing. Yeah. To me. Warm. It's Potato kind of and beef. This looks more flavorful than regular British, British food. Yeah. Yeah. Or English food, I should say. Maybe. It's um. And and also, if if you were to eat something like this, but it came from a can, it would smell very bad. Whereas if you just made it out of like, you know, a bit of your leftover roast and potatoes, I think it'd be mm. fine. Yeah, this is leftover delight. Mm, leftover delight. <laughs> just smush it all up in a pan. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're never going to know. <laughs> <laughs> never going to know how deep that ditch is. Getting to the end of a segment and just hearing you, you're like, uh, uh, there it is again. <laughs> Just, just like your air brakes have been let off or something. <laughs> Andrew uh, sounds like a house settling. A theme tune is right around the corner. That's right. That is <laughs> absolutely right. Oh, there are some types of unexplained phenomenon, like uh, how exactly a bunch of frogs got into a ditch of indeterminate depth at some point in the past. And mm-hmm. then, of course, there's another type of phenomenon entirely. We call it. The tabloid phenomenon. Fist-headed man destroys church. Yes, it's time to continue checking in on what the fucked up Brits are doing. Uh, Ben has given himself the unenviable task of checking in on their filthy muckraking rags uh, Mm. that they print. And then people mm. uh, read them and they go, oh, would you look at that? Oh. <laughs> so they do, you know. Oh, look at this, me butler. <laughs> the queen. <laughs> and that is your, your trademark is to do an impression of the, to say who it was at the end of it. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people say it before, but I have the co- I'm confident that it'll hit. And then there's a cherry on top. <laughs> Oh, the ticket inspector looked up me dress. Lenny Bruce. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this one comes to us from the Express. How do you use the items? How do you drift? That's Princess Diana. <laughs> no. Oh, oh boy. <clears throat> this comes to us from the Express. Lana Tolland was relaxing on her sofa on Wednesday night when she noticed eight people smiling at her from her front gate. The Glaswegian said she was, quote, so confused when she saw the gang walking up her garden path. She Mm. also said that the eager but well-meaning intruders approached Lana's window and informed her that her home had become somewhat of an unusual tourist attraction. According to Glasgow Live, Lana snapped a picture of the group taking a late-night stroll around her garden and shared details of the bizarre encounter on Twitter. Lana tweeted... Wait, now, just before you start this, now, you have been provided by this article with the information that this woman is from Glasgow. Uh, She is a Scottish lady. Uh Uh-huh. With a, a presumably thick Scottish brogue. What if she moved there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, it says here she's originally from. Oh, this can't be true. Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Lana oh. tweeted, "No way, lying on the couch. <laughs> no, 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 still no, 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 no." Now I'm googling Japanese-sounding alien Star Wars planet. Yeah, she was from. She's a Nemoidian. She's from Neomoidia. That's right. <laughs> oh, remember when George Lucas was like, "Let's just make you a race. Let's make you a one of our ones from home. Oh. Let's make you not only a race, but what I think they sound like." <laughs> oh, that's so bad. You know what I've never looked up is hmm. the. Ethnicity of the guy that voiced Newt Gunray, the Neomoidian character. Silas Carson is English. Oh, boy. Tremendous. Being English is allowed. (laughs) And and I obviously... Not on this podcast, but... What? Yeah. Uh, He's not English and of, say, Japanese uh, or even Asian descent. Hmm. Ah, all right. Good to know. Now, Andrew, just pick whatever accent feels comfortable to you. Just go for it. I did it, and you guys yelled at me. <laughs> pick a different accent that also feels comfortable to you, but isn't that one? I don't. I, I think your 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 typical. Uh, I think the typical British voice is doing great, but I do know that Scottish people get very mad when they're confused with um, literally anyone else. Mm. Yeah. So maybe just a typical Australian drawl. 
Or a beautiful, flawless Glaswegian brogue. Mm. That one's not happening. Lana tweeted. <laughs> mm-hmm. I bet you didn't find the situation <laughs> particularly iry, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Lana tweeted, Wagwan. <laughs> Butty boy is doing. That's <laughs> just a twofer. Oh, great. Oh, now I don't know what to do. I'm going. When back. asked for an, <laughs> you're so not supposed to be here. <laughs> yeah, that's both of the bad things. Oh, I'm going back to Monty Python style English woman for this one. Yeah. Apologies to the people of Scotland and up yours to the people of England. Lana tweeted. No way! Lying on the couch with the blinds still open and I see eight people I don't know at the gate waving at me and I'm like... Question mark, question mark. Open the window and they're all American! Emphasis hers, I would like to add. All caps. Put that in all caps. Given it our great-grandparents used to own this house, can we have a look around? I thought this only happened on the telly! She added, They're all getting pictures! Dogs are going mental. What's <laughs> what is going on? These are, of course, the two husbands that she lives with, both called Doug. <laughs> A follower replied, "No, did ha 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 Honestly, was so confused, man. Ha 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 ha. Lana came back. Lana, Lana retorted. Yep. This what is, the fuck is that? I, I regularly think to myself that like this type of content creation just has to be the most soul-destroying thing to transcribe like just replies on a social media mm. post yeah. and try well, and you, form you it. You can copy and paste shape. it most of the time. Yeah, but then you have to put stuff around this like uh, Lana's social media post quickly racked up thousands of likes with people rushing to awesome. share similar stories. That must have felt so good. Yep. One user responded, Nah, basically same thing happened to me last week. I'm howling. Another said, <laughs> I'm Wait. staying overnight in a house in Manchester once and the next day the doorbell rang. Two Canadian ladies said they wanted to come in as it was where the Bee Gees grew up. They asked God. where the blue plaque was. I had to tell them it was now rented out to a load of students. Didn't the Bee Gees grow up in Queensland? <laughs> so uh, it's all just Yanks and Canadians, just North Americans invading these little towns and being like, oh, history happened here where people are trying to live. I I think it's kind of insane that to the first sort of like comment that they decided to include was the person saying, nah, basically the same thing happened to me last week. Yeah. But they had no will to interrogate that or provide further detail whatsoever. Like what? Like eight Americans appeared in your front yard and then you just... Immediately responding to that with, well, then you should have tweeted it. Or either that or both of these people are going to be found dead. Well, so Uh, just as a sort of a (coughs) counterpoint to this article... uh, you know, where they're saying that the post quickly racked up thousands of likes. I was going to sort of say that, well, you know, that's it's filler text because often posts rack up thousands of likes all the time. So I thought maybe I would have a look at Tom's Twitter here to see what the no. most recent tweet he did that got thousands of likes was. Mm-hmm, this was four mm-hmm. days ago. No. Uh, never been to the Hall of the Mountain King, but it sounds hectic in there. <laughs> it does. It does. It's because of the, the song in the Hall of the Mountain King, I believe. Well, the problem is... I haven't is, heard it, but I'll have to check it out, yeah. <laughs> the, the problem is that at the start of the song, you're like, okay, we've got, oh. we got a pretty relaxed vibe in here. A little bit curious, <laughs> you know? Nodding my head in the orchestra. Yeah. Mm, Maybe okay. it's time to... Yeah, let's groove with it for a while. I could have a little poke around in here, you know, go down some <laughs> corridors, see what's going on. And then the yeah. tempo starts to pick up and you start to feel a little bit like you're... Oh, shit, he's home. You're getting the bums rush, you know? Uh, That is one of my eight-year-old's favorite pieces of music. 
<clears throat> and finally, a third person wrote, Happened to us on our cottage. His father was born there. A number of years later, we dug up a war of independence slash Civil War era bomb his father had made. The army had to be called to blow it up. The fuck are you guys doing over there? What are you what is- talking about? <laughs> None of that makes sense. What's the connection between the first and second half of the, the two things that you've said? What is happening? There's a different. I feel like there's a fundamental difference between um, some tourists showed up at my house and claimed that it was a site of significance versus I found a bomb uh, <laughs> that one of my relatives made and had to call the army to blow it up. I don't think but it wasn't much their relative, was it? It was like I found a bomb and I know who did it, or at least their descendant. So now I can ask oh. for justice to be meted out on the child. So he, so this person saying somebody turned up at our cottage and said that his father was yeah. born there. Oh, by the way, if you see anything large and metallic out in the shed, don't God hit it damn. with a hammer. You know. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. That's um. That's almost certainly an episode of the podcast, Bunta Vista. Now, Tom, mm-hmm. what would you like to plug? Are you doing any uh, live comedy? Ooh. Yeah, I, I actually am. I'm doing uh, the Edinburgh Fringe in uh, Aug- August. Yep. Oh, hope. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and then I'm uh, going to be doing some London shows. Don't have them announced yet. But then uh, I'm doing uh, Sydney shows of Javelin in Sydney, Australia. Oh, that's uh, lovely. Yes, it is. And the time that I am doing them is, oh of course, fucking God. the 7th, 8th, and 9th of uh, July. You should check those those out. Uh, not you, Tom. You you obviously already are across them. Uh, you, the I'll listener, it's a really wonderful, very funny show. I had a lovely time. Theo also had a lovely time. He was there as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's very nice. You also regularly stream uh, on the website twitch.tv. Yeah, you can check out twitch.tv slash Tom Walker. And I, or if that doesn't fit into your schedule, I also have a YouTube channel where I just... Uh, there are uh, videos uploaded there of me playing games. Uh, and you also have your own podcast. That podcast is called BigSoftTitty.png, and you do that uh, with your housemate, Demi Lardner. Uh, yeah, the love of my life. We've comedian. been dating for five years. Best friend, and I really love that men and women can be friends. When Harry Met <laughs> Sally was wrong, that movie had no idea what it was talking about. We regularly make love. <laughs> <laughs> As friends. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we, we make love regular way. <laughs> Just normal. Infrequently, but it's so normal. <laughs> it, really normal stuff. Don't you bother. Don't you worry thinking about it. Uh, and I shan't. Wonderful. Uh, well, yeah. And I uh, think- thank you for all of the, that wonderful assistant plug, Ben. <laughs> hey, no worries. I can't think of anything else that you do. Um, Let me think. I listen to the Buntavista Patreon, so maybe Aww. they could check that out. Oh, that's so sweet of you. One hand about. washes the other. Thank you so much. <laughs> I've just when I when I go on other podcasts now, I've taken to just plugging Big Soft Titty. <laughs> oh, that's <cool>. what. <laughs> I've been plugging Ah uh, Yeah Dude when I go on other people's podcasts. You plug really it on our podcast, you fucking idiot. Eight 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 four two two three five seven. Leave a voicemail. Uh, let us know what you think, Tom. I also hear you've been uh, auditioning for some acting roles, so we could probably look forward to some of those in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, from the things from the things you've been posting online, it sounds like it's going really well. They're so fucking depressing because, like, man, I, I, genuinely, I got I got an email being like, "Hey, do you want to audition for this?" And I was like, "Oh, fuck yeah, I want to audition for that." And then I saw a guy like one of the things about it is, hey, just so you know, don't talk about this or anything. And then I saw one of the dumbest people I know post about it, being like, "I'm so excited to do this audition with all the details." And I was like, "Well, fuck this, mm. then." Yeah. It's it's such a weird because I don't do it regularly. I don't know how actual actors do it. Just this weird thing of having someone email you and be like, "Hey, ugly, do you want eighteen thousand dollars?" And be like, "Yeah, I'd rather you didn't call me ugly, but okay." (laughs) And then you send in an audition, and they're like, "Well, you're too ugly and bad at acting to have the eighteen thousand dollars, but thanks for the thanks for the work, idiot." Acting's really hard. It is, and I like I don't. I, I, I genuinely, there is like a special skill there for people that can do it. And I just don't know how I, it's, it's mind boggling to me. And I, 
I I want to see you in some things. Well, I'm like, I can play myself. You know, I can, we can put... Uh, if you want just an unsettling white guy in something, <laughs> I got the guy for it. We need to talk about Tom Walker. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I still haven't found the copy of Neil Strauss's The Game uh, that you hid in my house somewhere, and I have been actively looking. <laughs> yes! <laughs> really yes! did start to niggle at me. I wasn't... Initially, I was like, well, I'll just eventually find it. And I'm like, well, he's not put it anywhere obvious. No, yeah, it's just around. Oh, <laughs> I just feel like I know where my stuff is generally and not knowing is, um, yeah. Yeah, your eyes will glaze over it, probably. I'll find it. He's probably painted it to match something else, you know. <laughs> he stuck it to the wall and painted it white <laughs> to match the walls. Right. Just taping it to his back. <laughs> yeah, no, I did leave a copy of... Uh, I found a copy of the game in a free little library, like a, the little lending library thing, and I just took it and put it in Ben's house. Pretty cool. I just assumed that you would have left it in the uh, the two bookshelves that are immediately next to where you were sleeping, but it doesn't appear to be in there. And no. I'm right now looking at your face for any sort of hint as to... All right, he's gone cold and emotionless. I thought I was smiling warmly. <laughs> mm, this acting gig really is hard. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you for having me. I hope you can get Oh, my that. God. You're meant to start your stream right now. Uh, thank you very much for being on the show. Catch you next time. Be well. Look after yourself. Bye. 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 Bye.